And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. Well, lots of stuff going on here. We'll get, we'll, and Big Dennis is back in the studio. Dennis? Hello, everybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you in a bit, but... Uh, um, but we, we have a lot going on today. Uh, in a little bit, we're going to be talking with Matt Hines. He's from Buick. He's a develop, development engineer. And he came up with uh, some gas saving tips. And one of them was pretty surprising to me. And um, so we're going to have that coming up. We're going to be doing a little bit of trivia. And we have a pretty good trivia prize coming up. We're going to be doing a car review of the Mitsubishi Outlander Sport. That'll be coming up a little bit later. We're going to be talking to our buddies from the Irish Hit Parade. They're going to be over at the, um, I think, over at the City of Boston Credit Union. So we'll be talking to them maybe in a little bit. So we have all kinds of stuff going on for the next 90 minutes or so. But right now with us is uh, Ron Merritt. He's the president of Olin's Technology, and Ron has invented kind of a fun and unique novelty product for your car. Ron, good morning, and can you explain what you invented? What it is, it's a uh, it's a license plate frame, and of course, there's been zillions of license plate frames on the market, but this one's unique. And we actually uh, I actually just had the patent issued on it a few months ago. When we got it into production right away, uh, what makes this special is that it lights up when you put the brakes on, and that in itself is not unique. There's probably a few others out there that do it, but most of them are these kind of cheesy license plate frames that have like a hundred little. LED dots on them, and you can scroll a message or whatever. Uh, ours is different in that it is a it's it's a backlight, and the uh, backlight uh, you know allows us to do graphics and and actually use film, and it really looks awesome. But what really makes it special is it lights when you put the brakes on, as I said. But there are no wires connecting it to the car, and that's what I I received the patent on. When you put the brakes on, and this thing is rock solid, reliable, it lights up. Stays lit up the whole time you're braking. Stays lit for about another ten, you know, five to ten seconds after that, and then goes out. And it really grabs people's attention when you put the brakes on. It's pretty impressive. So, for instance, if you wanted to have it say something like "Number One Patriots Fan" or uh, you know, "Jimmy Buffett Parrot Head" or something like that, you can get the maid to say things like that. Every one of them is custom made. Uh, we are, you know, talking to a lot of the sports teams now. Uh, obviously, that's a big, big, uh, big potential. But I mean, the, really, the possibilities are endless. Uh, fundraisers for school, part of the boosters club. Both of my sons, when they were younger, were really into sports. Uh, you know, typically you get the t-shirts, the sweatshirts, and you know, the stadium chairs and things like that. This is a whole new genre of of, of things to raise money. Uh, real estate agents love to slap their names on everything. <laughs> so, I mean, it really goes on and on. Car dealers, you know, a lot of car dealers put license plate frames on cars. Now, this is this is definitely a cut above uh, the, the the standard little chrome thing. And and for a car dealer, they could also put their name on it rather than have their have their dealer plate kind of hanging off their car with one screw, like a lot of them do. You could actually have it on there. So if you saw a car going down the street and you said, hey, I wonder what that is. I really like the looks of it. And they step on the brake and all of a sudden it says ABC Chevrolet on it or something. Exactly. And what's really nice about this, we designed this to make the signs interchangeable. So uh, if you get one that says Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever, uh, you can change those out. It literally takes... 
20 seconds. There's two little tabs on the top and the bottom. There's, there's actually two uh, areas that light up, a, a smaller one on the top and then a bigger one on the bottom. And both of them just, they just slide right out and then you can pop them in. You don't have to take it off the car to change the signs out. Uh, it, it was well thought out. Same thing with the batteries. You can change the batteries without taking it off. And the batteries last about six months uh, on average use. So uh, it, it's really well thought out. And the, the signage itself, you guys have to make that up? We do. Uh, you know, a customer could, uh, you know, theoretically just buy some uh, clear, you know, 8.5 by 11 uh, print and run it through an inkjet printer. But I can tell you, we tried that. It doesn't look that good. It looks okay. It's mm-hmm. decent. But what we do is we actually have, I mean, we bought, I don't know, thousands of dollars worth of this stuff, rolls of different color transparent film in every different color you can imagine, pink, blue, red, orange, green. Uh, and, and the biggest thing is the, is the dark colors. Um, is, uh, you know, if you do an inkjet printer, I don't care how many times we ran it through the printer, the bleed kind of t- shines too because our backlight is so bright the black isn't really solid black, and uh, and and what we use is we use a laser cutter. We put the graphics in. We do it right, and uh, and it really boy, you look at the difference between one printed on an inkjet and one that we laser cut with actual different colors of film, and boy, there's no comparison. I mean, it's the real deal. It really looks impressive. And you know, you this is uh, fairly new to the market. Who who have you find is buying this? Uh, you know, we just uh, put them up on our website and on Amazon. We're one of the top-tier sellers on Amazon for new, unique products. In fact, we were invited to Amazon's uh, annual sellers conference a couple of years ago, about two years ago, and I thought, wow, this thing's going to be in the Seahawks Stadium. There'll be, you know, 100,000 people there. They only invited 400 companies. We were one of those 400, and we were tied with Mark Cuban's group in terms of bringing new things to the market. And um, so we, we've been going to Amazon, and the people buy it's kind of, boy, you know, it's, it's a little bit all over the place. Um, we're finding people that just want to buy it for holidays, of mm-hmm. course, this time of year. Oh, sure, yeah. uh, we're, we're, you know, high school teams. Uh, boy, it's, it's just kind of all over the place. You know, and, and muscle car guys, that's another big one. A lot of the hot rod group is really latching on to this we're getting a lot of people like i love my mustang chevy rocks whatever you know whatever they're asking us to make yeah no that i can i can certainly see that and you know car guys and girls are so passionate about their vehicles they want to show them off and add a little bit of a little bit of extra to their to their vehicle really i can really see how that would work now you're you're an inventor right you're not just a marketer you're an inventor and, That's right. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And when you're, you know, inventors look at the world a little bit differently than consumers do. You look at, you know, finding and finding a need for something and kind of creating it. Uh, and is that kind of how it worked with this? You kind of looked around and said, "There's, there's got to be a better way for people to convey a message or show off a little bit or whatever they're doing." Yeah, it's you know, I'm always. You know, my brain just never shuts down. I've brought over a hundred products to market, and uh, some of them colossal home runs. Some of them so-so. Uh, this one, jury's still out. It's too new. We'll mm-hmm. see. But yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and sometimes I'll see something, uh, you know, that could be modified a little bit. This was actually something I thought about literally 
45 years ago. Uh, I had bought, I, I, I've always had motorcycles and cars. I've always been a gearhead guy myself. And uh, I actually, when I was a teenager, had bought this license plate, uh, backing plate, and, uh, and and it was an alarm. Yeah, it had a little oh, yeah. key on it. You just yep. bolted it on. And then and if you wiggled the bike, it went off. And that's kind of stuck in my mind. And uh, And then years later, I thought, wow, you know, instead of having an alarm go off, we could make it light up if we modified that circuit and adjusted it and made it work so that it sensed when you were braking and lit up and then lit something up. We could have it be a sign and then the batteries wouldn't die because obviously it can't stay on all the time mm. if it's running on batteries. You have to kind of pick and choose when you want this thing to work. And uh, so I built a few prototypes. I threw it on my car and drove around at night and was looking to see if people were noticing. Boy, all these people were pointing at my car going, oh, look at that, you know. And I thought, okay, I think I'm on to something. And, uh, I, I had exactly that same alarm for my motorcycle, and I think I eventually sold it with the motorcycle and invented nothing out of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. They were real popular in the 70s, yeah, 60s, and 70s. They, I think. they certainly were. Um, and, you know, some, uh, you know, let's go, go, go back to the, Go back to the product itself. You said it's available on Amazon um, and uh, and your website as well, right? Right, right. Yep. And, and for right now, we're pretty much limiting it to those channels. And, and frankly, we're pretty much limiting it to on all of our products now to online sales. Mm-hmm. We've really backed away from mainstream retailers. Yeah, uh, they're they're struggling these days, and. That translates to slow or no payments if yeah. you're a supplier. Yeah, slow, slow, no payments, and uh, not as many customers. So, and and how much is the right. product? The product is uh, averaging uh, forty nine to fifty nine dollars. Uh, it just depends on whether you want a custom sign or one of the off the shelf, mm-hmm. you know, Happy Thanksgivings, whatever yeah. type of signs. Uh, not much different. Well, our goal is really keep it under fifty dollars. Yeah, there you go. And, and, uh, and it, it sounds is. it sounds like a great Christmas present for somebody. Certainly, it's it's one of those kind of one of those kind of things. Now, as an inventor who's brought a lot of products to market, and I, I believe me, I'm in. You know, I'm not an inventor, but I think over my lifetime, I've. I've put a few things together, and I have a big pile of failures and a little pile of stuff that seems to have worked. Um, what other uh, what other things uh, you know have you developed? Uh, you know, kind of for home and car sort of stuff. Well, the very first product I, I made was another automotive product. Uh, it was the uh, first portable video system for cars. Uh, that was twenty years ago, and um, it was uh, you know at the time the flip down ones that mounted on the ceiling had yep. just come out. They were a $3,000 option, and I designed and patented a backpack, so to speak. It slapped, you know, you, you yep. strapped it on the back of the seats, and you unzipped it, and a VCR, this was just before DVDs came out, flopped down uh, because the seats are at an angle, and it went in the back seat. Yep. And then a little four-inch monitor, which nobody had ever seen at the time. This was before cell phones and everything came out, and they were $299. And that went from zero to 200 million a year in sales in about two years. I got on the cover story of Forbes magazine. That was a massive, massive home run. And, uh, and I never looked back. I mean, I actually started the company. I got laid off from my job. I was a director of worldwide engineering at this Italian company. And, uh, and I had made this for my kids. And I thought, you know what? I, I don't know anything about retail. I'm not really, I've worked in manufacturing, but not really, you know, in manufacturing per se. I was always a guy out in the field. Anyway, 
uh, I had to learn a lot. I'm still learning. 20 years later, I'm still yeah. learning. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and what's another, uh, you know, let's move to the, uh, you know, current day. What's a, what's another popular product that uh, that you've uh, got out on the market right now? Oh, boy, we have a lot. We have uh, we have one called the Lamp Champ. Uh, you take a light bulb out of a lamp and you screw this in, uh and then you put the light bulb, and it's kind of like those ones at the dust to dawn, you know, when the lights yep. get, and it gets dark, it turns on automatically. The only difference is what ours does, ours is a two amp USB charger. So you can plug a, uh, you can plug a, uh, anything into it, you know, your cell phone, yep. your tablet, whatever, and it converts every lamp, which is great because everybody throws their, you know, most people have turned off their landlines if they even had one. If they're under the age of 30, they've never had one. And uh, and they plug, uh, you know, they, they all set their cell phones next to their uh, bed on their nightstand, and almost everybody has a lamp on their nightstand. And same thing, if they're watching TV in the living room, a lot of times there's a little table lamp next to it. It's just another uh, convenient way to have an outlet. And what we're finding a lot of people are putting them outside and using it and plugging a camera into it so they can uh, have some. So we're actually going to do a bundle deal here pretty soon with a, uh, a camera and a Wi-Fi bulb and all that kind of stuff, you know, just leverage off of what we already have. Mm. Um, you know, we have, uh, gosh, just all kinds of other. We have a little tool called the GoTo Socket. You know, it's another automotive kind of product. Uh, you know, bolts get stripped out. You can take it out. There's a lot of those kind of products on the market, but this one seems to be, for whatever reason, Really, a six, you know, popular yeah. people like it, and uh, yeah, just uh, gosh, you know, all kinds of things. The biggest thing we had is our Bluetooth uh, phone line. We're redesigning it right now. That will be coming out again in about another month. Um, a lot of people, same thing with the, with the cell phones, have mm-hmm. ditched their landlines, and a lot of elderly people, especially, uh, especially can't hear uh, the little wimpy ringers yeah. in a phone, and. Uh, our product, you can have up to 250 feet away, very loud, announces the name of the person calling, asks you if you want to answer or ignore the call. You just say the word answer. You can answer, say ignore it, sends it to voicemail. Uh, also very popular with people in businesses, with, you know, loud environments like uh, metal shops, garages, a lot of those people are buying it. Doctors that are on call uh, that don't wake up, same problem. They can't hear their phone. They need a louder ringer things like that and uh that's been incredibly popular we we sold a ton of those and uh we're out of them now because you know the cell phone market's a moving target Mm. every time these guys come out with a new phone a lot of the electronics changes so we have to change our product to match it yeah yeah, the automotive uh, industry has the same thing just as they think they have phones synced up inside their vehicle somebody comes out with a new phone and you know, somebody just bought a $50,000 car, and they go to Bluetooth their phone to it, and it's like it half half of it works and half of it doesn't. So That's right, and and, and uh, Apple is the biggest offender. You know, Google with Android, they're pretty stable. They're pretty good about downward compatibility with uh, with past versions on their new phones. Apple, not so much. Uh, it's, it's, it's always the iPhones that cause the problems, yeah. and it has with us, too. And uh, but you know if we get around it, we yep. we do what we have to do. We make it work. We have upgrades, and we move on. Yeah. For people that want to find out more about Lumasign or any of the other products you have, where should they go? Best thing to do is go to our website, Owens O L E N S Technology dot com, all one word. Um, you know, there's always there's always things on there. There's there's more than I've discussed. We have some really exciting new products coming out that I can't tell you about right now. 
But in the next three months, there's going to be two or three new things that are going to be pretty impressive that will be popping up on our site. And, of course, because of the nature of our business, that's always the case. We always have new things yeah. coming in, in two or three months. But, but even more so in the next few months, uh, we really are going to have some exciting new products that we just can't wait to get out there. Was and, it? Uh, some of them. Oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say some even uh, commercial products that are going to be major game changers that uh, that we're really excited about. Yeah. So, I'm, uh, I'm always fascinated by by the uh, entrepreneurial spirit of inventors and how they you know how they come up with things. Is there is there something you you were absolutely convinced would be a home run and it just wasn't? Um, you know, I've, uh, yeah, I had a few things I'm thinking back here you know most of the things I've made you know there's only one I can think of off the top of my head that really just I abandoned it and it probably would have been okay uh, it was something that I, I went into it it was a commercial product it was a police video system mm-hmm. and there was a few of them on the market and this was when they were just transitioning from VCR tapes to digital mm-hmm. and I had filed patents on multiple memory recording you know the yeah. daisy chain mm-hmm. memory this was before it was you know you can get one terabyte drives like you can now. And uh, and that one, I, it w- wasn't really so much of a failure. So I just, you know, got frustrated with it. Uh, you know, I, I had never sold to government agencies. That was an eye-opening experience. And they have two speeds, slow and slower, yeah. uh, when yeah, you're trying you, to deal with them. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you describe a government agency, that whole theory of big ships turn slowly never seems to fit better than with them it seems like so boy no kidding and it's also a very close-knit community and even though there are other products that weren't nearly as well if they have the connections and this and that they're going to get the orders and uh frankly i just didn't have the patience for that uh being an entrepreneur I'm, i don't have patience for bureaucracies and you know <laughs> really any of that nonsense it's like look you know i'm just going to make things and 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 get them out to the world. And this is why, uh, frankly, the eBay, Walmart.com, Amazon, it really has just been a godsend for the little guys who used to just get creamed and run, run over by the big corporations in the past. Um, you know, a lot of these big companies that just crush little guys, they can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, I guess they can, but it's, it's, it's a lot tougher because now it's a level playing field. We all get out, we all pay the same thing, and it doesn't matter how long you've been selling to these big guys, nobody cares. Amazon doesn't care. eBay doesn't care. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing because I know somebody that, uh, uh, invented a interesting food product and they found, and all of a sudden they, they were talking to me one day and they said, there's such a thing as a slotting fee. And I'm like, so what's that? And they said, you want it on the shelf. You have to pay to be on the shelf. And he said, Oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to sell a, a cool spaghetti sauce or something. You know, it's just right. Yeah. Right. Well, it's even worse than that. In a lot of cases, they would make you pay to take the other company's inventory off the shelf yep. and put yours in its place. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I dealt with all of that back in the day when I had my, my mobile video thing. And, and uh, actually, I just licensed out to the big stores I didn't want to deal with. And nor was I in a position to deal with it. I had to do that. And uh, I kept, my agreement was 20 stores or more. They had it, 19 stores or less. I had it. Well, the Internet was just starting at that time, and I knew that that meant I owned the Internet. Yep. The smartest thing I ever did. So no. it worked out well. No, it sounds great. And the, the product looks it looks like a ton of fun for somebody who wants to really kind of show off with their car, show off for the season, whatever the case is. And, uh, and again, under 60 bucks sounds like a great Christmas gift, and you can find it on Amazon or your website, which is, again, one more time. 
Owens Technology, O-L-E-N-S Technology.com, all one word. Ron, thanks and, for uh, joining us on the Car Doctor program here in Boston. And we need to take a break and pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or maybe you're listening on Sunday night on AM 1260 WBIX. At 9 o'clock on Sunday night, uh, we have a shortened-up version, I think. I think we still run it on Sunday night. I haven't listened for a couple weeks. But, yeah, on Sunday night, we uh, run a shortened-up version of the Car Doctor Program. So, could be there. Um, But I want to talk about the car that got me here today, which is the... 2018 Mitsubishi Outlander Sport. The Outlander Sport is a compact SUV that comes in three trim levels with two engine choices depending on the trim level. The Outlander Sport can be powered by a 2-liter, 148-horsepower four-cylinder engine or a 2.4-liter, 168-horsepower four-cylinder engine. The Outlander Sport comes in either front-wheel or all-wheel drive depending on the trim level. The Outlander Sport can be equipped with the latest safety, safety technology including forward collision mitigation, lane departure warning, automatic high beams, and HID headlights. Uh, Forward collision mitigation does not work on freezing cold days when there's frost on the top of the windshield, by the way. Uh, driving the Mitsubishi Sport is kind of a mixed bag. The engine performance is just okay. 168-horsepower engine is not exactly peppy, and the fuel economy is a little bit lower than what I would have expected. EPA rates the Outlander at uh, 23 city, 28 miles per gallon. And I just want to clarify, there's an Outlander and an Outlander Sport. This is the Outlander Sport version. I've been averaging somewhere between... 26 around town and close to 30 on the highway. So I've been doing better than what the EPA says, according to the trip meter, which we know sometimes can be optimistic. Uh, the number is a, uh, a little bit lower than some of the competitors like the HRV or something. Handling is surprisingly good. There's very little body roll. They have the wheels, uh, uh, wheelbase stretched out about as far as it can go. If you look at the car, the uh, front tires are at the very leading edge of the front fender. The rear tires at the very trailing edge of the rear fenders. Try to get as much out of it as they can. The all-wheel drive system can be switched between front wheel and all-wheel drive with the push of a button. There's also a setting to lock the system when the going gets rough. The interior is reasonably comfortable. The seats are firm and supportive. The combination of the seats and ride height allow for easy entry and exit. If you're, if you're looking for a small SUV that you don't have to step up into or s- slide down into, uh, this is actually probably pretty good for a lot of people. Uh, there are a couple of cup holders, a small bin, a decent-sized center console, and a glove compartment uh, that's fairly roomy for most small cars. Instrument panels and controls, again, some good, some bad. Uh, controls work great, but others like the touchscreen radio controls are a bit hard to use. The idea of having to feel around to uh, look around to find a button to change stations is just frustrating to me. Now, you can pre, you know, this happens to have satellite radio in it, and you can pre program, I think, 50 channels in it. So, you know, I guess if you can't find 50 channels you like, then go find another car. 
The Outlander uh, Sport by Mitsubishi, again, a bit of a conundrum. There are features that surprise me, such as push-button start and HID lights, a giant panoramic sunroof with uh, forward crash mitigation, and then other things, you know, felt like they came from the bargain bin. Some materials felt too thin or plasticky. Um, Where the Outlander Sport excels, it delivers a lot of value for the money. If you can look past um, the fuel economy and maybe the so-so ride and performance, the Outlander Sport is a decent value for the money. Um, it starts as low as $22,000. This one pretty well equipped with seat heaters and gigantic sunroof and all that sort of stuff, uh, around $29,000. So Mitsubishi Outlander Sport. Well, we mentioned it when the program opened. The Dennis is now producing the show again. The Big D is back in the studio. Dennis? It's been a fun journey. I can't believe I'm back. <laughs> well, you know, our buddy Paul Sullivan said, you always come back. Yeah. You always come back. Last words to me before I left was, he'll be back. He'll be back. They always come back. And Jeff is going to finally get to go home and go to bed at a reasonable, well, not a reasonable hour. He's poor guy. He stays up for like 24 hours in a row or something. I, I don't I don't know how he does it. But, uh, but now, so Jeff can fill in when you want to take a day off this now. This is maybe. very true. So, yeah, so... So, again, you never go away. Never you go. always stay here. So um, one of the things, and we mentioned it last week when you popped in, your uh, Nissan Rogue, Star Wars edition. It's awesome. <laughs> now, you're a sci-fi guy. Yep. Which is part of the part of the reason behind that. Yep. Um, and you're also, how tall are you, 6'4", six, 6'5"? Six, uh, between there, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere between there. Yeah. And uh, head, head and, headroom and everything good in that? Yeah, actually, yeah. and I have the sun, and it comes with a sunroof, so yeah. that's usually an issue for yeah. me. But um, the seat goes down far enough that I clear the headroom, and um, yeah, it's got plenty of legroom, and people can actually sit behind me when I have the seat all the way yeah. back, which yeah. is amazing. Uh, yeah, um, we took it down to I got it in March, and in July we went down to Hilton Head Island and drove it all the way down there. And I wasn't uncomfortable at all. Mm. And plenty, like I said, plenty of legroom. My son and his friend were in the back seat the whole way. Um, we, it's we, it's about a sixteen-hour drive or so. So we stopped about halfway down, mm. um, like in the D.C. area. Or this past year, we went to um, just before all the the craziness happened in Charlottesville. Yeah, my niece lives down there. We stopped down there for a couple of days and then went down to the rest of the way to Hilton Head and stuff. It was fantastic. Yeah. Very comfortable. Yeah. Fuel economy is good enough. Yeah, I get yep. about twenty-five to thirty miles, depending on yeah, how you're driving. Yeah, yep. and yeah. it's got the um, the multi. I don't know. There's an econ. Um, I yep. press a button for econ. Um, there's regular, and then there's sport. Whenever I go on the highway, I throw on the sport because it seems to get the best mileage that way. Really? Yeah. Should, I would think it would just be the other way around. I thought no. it would be an econ. Well, when you go on the econ, um, it works the when and you're going at the high speeds, yep. it works the engine so much. Oh, it's, so it's lugging a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of times the other thing it does it might like taper off the air conditioning a little bit early, things mm-hmm. like that to to try to to try to do that. No, they. Um, I thought it was a little goofy when Nissan did the uh, Star Wars connection with uh, the Rogue One movie until I saw that a lot of people wanted it, and uh, it was. Uh, it, I think it was a good move, and apparently there's some Nissan connection with the new Star Wars. Yeah, movie I haven't quite. Up. I saw the commercials, yeah. but I haven't quite figured. Yeah. It's Master the Drive, and they. Ha- I, I haven't quite figured that out yet. And I was like, I was not into Nissan at all, um, and then I actually came up on my memories today that I I was jokingly I sent something to my wife saying, Hey, this this could be our new SUV. You want to get back into an SUV? And then a few months later she was 
she was dreading the drive. I had a, a Ford Fusion yep. before that, a hybrid Ford Fusion, and um, she hated it. She really she would always she's like the seats are uncomfortable, my back always hurts, so she was dreading the drive down there, and I convinced her to get this. Um, the only thing that I was disappointed in is that um, the Nissan Rogue One Edition came with a, a collector's helmet. Yeah, that they send you later. Um, I was kind of hoping it would be something I could wear, <laughs> but it's 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 a big, heavy ceramic, like it's made out of the same stuff they make bowling balls out of. Really? So, and it, it it's just on, it's just a display thing, and yep. it's solid all the way through. My friends like, oh, just hollow it out and wear it. I'm like, it's still gonna be heavy, yeah. and I'm not gonna hollow it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's sort of interesting that they would have that the, they would uh, actually have. The helmet, and that, I guess it becomes a collector's piece at that point. Yep. But, um, well, just so, you know, this might hurt your feelings a little bit. You know, when the movie first came out, I got tickets to go see it at a private showing at the uh, Cinema in Dedham, at uh, mm-hmm. whatever that mall the thing cinema is Cinema like Deluxe or whatever. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was sort of odd because it was a bunch of, um, it was, I guess, a lot of Nissan employees and... I, I got invited, and, and it was uh, like a collector ticket, I guess, it came with, and a popcorn and a drink. Uh, although other people around the country told me they got, like, special candy bars and all kinds of things, which I didn't get. I didn't get any of that, so uh, got, got a little bit. Got a little bit hosed on that, but if who knows, maybe maybe with the new movie there'll be a private showing. Maybe, um, and it was it was kind of funny. They they actually took it really serious. You had to like, you know, bring your ID, you know, to show that. I mean, come on, it's just a movie, you know, and it's and it's not and, it, and it's not like it even came out like three days early. It came out like on the you know it opened on a Friday, yep. and they had I think they had Friday and Saturday uh, viewings available, and it went on Saturday, but. Um, but yeah, it was it was sort of funny. So I I like the idea of, and you see it on TV a lot, where rather than do a car commercial, put the car in the program. And I think I actually think they get more benefit out of that than doing a, a hokey commercial. Yeah, um, absolutely. Although sometimes they put a Rogue One into a Star Wars. Movie well, that'd be a little harder <laughs> to do, but um, but they could go back in time. Yeah, you know. You know. Well, so, this happens back in time. Well, that's, it's in a galaxy. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah. uh, Oh my God! A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, that's when this happens. So. That's what, in when they had internal combustion engines. So, yeah. <laughs> no, this is uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, a lot of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, we need we need to catch up. I understand you've 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 moved once or twice since I've seen you. Yep, I've moved uh, another couple of times, um, but now uh, it stayed in Quincy. I believe I was living on in South Quincy when I last worked here, and then I moved to Wollaston for a couple of years. Yep. And then, um, which is a part of Quincy, for those that don't know. And then now I am back. I'm in West Quincy, um, where we bought a house a couple of years ago. And I am not moving again until I can move somewhere warm and there's no more snow falling. Because <laughs> I'm done moving. I think you've moved more times than I have. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. We, no, moving's not easy. Nope. I mean, the only good thing about it, if you only stay someplace for a little while, you accumulate less junk. This this is true. Yeah. yeah. What was that old George Carlin bit? It's you don't move to move yourself. You you move to move your, your, your yeah. stuff. Stuff. Yeah. You get yeah. more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the difference between the difference between a hoarder and a collector, how much space you have. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told I told the story, and I, I, it's funny and sad in its own way. I was in Florida. 
last May or June, and I was staying at just some Comfort Inn or something, um, and there was a fairly new Lexus SUV out in the parking lot, and it literally had cardboard and soda bottles stacked to the roof. Oh, my God. Just full. And the thing was maybe like a year and a half old. So I said to the I said to the front desk person, I said, so what's the story with the scary-looking SUV out there? And she said, oh, he lives here. And I'm like, really? And she said, yeah, he actually owns a house not far from here, but apparently it's so full of stuff. He moved into the hotel, and I guess he understands that he can't collect junk in the hotel room because they throw it away. And I'm like, really? And I saw the guy a little later, and he looked like you and me, normal kind of guy. And they said, yeah, he, you know, we go in and, you know, the maid service goes in and cleans up and throws out stuff. And she said, I know sometimes he, like, takes it and puts it in his car. And I said, well, what happens when the car gets full? And she said, he gives it away. I'm like, really? And she said, he tries to give it away to charities usually or somebody he thinks just needs a car. And then he goes by and goes and buys another one. She said he gets about two years out of it. And then I said, how long has he been living here? And she said, about three years. So he owns a house and pays whatever it was, you know, $100 a night for a hotel room that they force him to keep clean. But okay. he, you know, I saw him I saw him at the little breakfast bar one morning. He seemed like a perfectly normal, clean-cut guy. But Normally are. Those, with, those. with a whole bunch of money, apparently. So yeah. it, is it bothered by the fact of spending $50,000 every couple of years for a new car and giving the old one away? But, yeah, so, you know, anyway. So uh, the goofy stuff, goofy stuff we see. I got a note from uh, 3M Auto. It says, winter is coming. Prep your car with these tips from 3M Auto. Um, Increased visibility, enhanced safety in severe weather. Limited visibility is a factor in 2.8 million car crashes and 23,000 fatal crashes and 2,300 pedestrian deaths each year. According to uh, the Motor Vehicle Lighting Council, who knew there was such a thing? Dim headlights and hazy plastic headlight lenses may be the lead to reduce uh, visibility, putting you and your passengers and other cars at risk. Luckily, 3M Headlight Restoration Kit and UV Protector can help. It's a lot of work, though. Um, additionally, cracked or broken taillights can not only lead to hefty fines but costly repairs. They are also extremely dangerous in bad weather. Uh, G, uh, 3M's auto high-strength lens repair film offers a weatherproof, airtight, semi-transparent solution for helping to prevent further interior-exterior damage. Uh, the simple repair requires no specialty tools to complete and provides additional protection until it can be professionally repaired. It sounds like a good way to slide by an inspection program. At least you're not having white light showing. Protect your vehicle from the elements in many parts of the country. Low temperature and winter snow brings out road salt, which can lead to costly rust damage over time. Protect your car from salt and snow by applying a 3M rust preventer spray. This is stuff you spray on the car, and it... Um, it actually lets the uh, it actually kind of coats the system, and I I got a can of it I think before I heard about it I think I bought it at the store because my older Hyundai actually had a rusting problem, which I'm still always amazed at this where they fix it by spraying it with stuff. Uh, it's not rusting anymore. We sprayed it with stuff, but I sprayed the rest of the car and then. I heard about this stuff. Works pretty good. And then there's also a there's also a salt remover spray, which is pretty good. But general things, check tires and tire pressure. I was talking to some uh, folks the other day about 
you know, winter tires and how good they work and how good they sometimes don't work. Flush the cooling system. Make sure the antifreeze is at least fresh and protects the car to a 50-50 mixture of antifreeze and water protects to about 34 below zero. Make sure it's about there. Check the battery. Um, check to see the battery's fully charged. If it's four years or older, maybe a good time to replace it. Uh, here in the Northeast, we, with our battery testing we do, we look at the average battery life of just under five years. Hot weather states actually go through more batteries than cold weather states do, and you kind of think that's awkward, but and why does that happen? Well, it happens because um, hot weather is just bad for the plates and the electrolyte and the battery, and that's where some of the problems happen. Well, it's time to do a little bit of trivia. See if Dennis knows where the trivia music is. He's got to learn a lot of new stuff, you know. A lot of new stuff to learn. There we go. Whatever, whatever theme that is. And following the uh, following the idea that, based on the car review, Mitsubishi came out with a sports car, and it was a high performance sports car. And Dodge also had the same car. the The Dodge version was the Dodge Stealth. What was the Mitsubishi version? No, you can't play. You can't play. So what was the Mitsubishi version of this high-performance sports car? It was like 300-plus horsepower. And if you're somebody who watches um, Wheeler Dealers, it was actually they actually they actually just did one, uh, did one over. But it's um, if you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And we will give you a Luma sign from our guy from Owens Technology. And I had it pre-made up with Merry Christmas. So you can put it on for the holidays. So every time you step on your brake, your car will say Merry Christmas. Uh, my wife's sitting in the studio. She said, can you use it in Massachusetts? I don't know. I haven't taken it out of the box yet. I assume. I don't know, but it's only temporary. And who's going to put? Who's going to give you a ticket for blocking a license plate when it says "Merry Christmas"? That's a good thing. Merry Christmas is a good thing. So if you if you know the answer, we will give you this uh, Luma frame uh, from our friends at Olin Technology, and uh, it's uh, you know Ron Ron was kind enough to send it to me, and so we have it we have it all set. So. Let's see what we got. We already have we already have somebody who thinks they're so smart. Let's see what we got here. We got Mike and Hingham. Michael, up oh, a oh, wild guess. A wild guess. Three thousand GT. You are. That's not that wild. You're absolutely correct with that. Oh, wow. Well, I actually was in one one time. That's why I kind of remember from years ago. It had four wheels steering. It was kind of a neat car. It, 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 way ahead of its time. It really was. It had active aero in it. Like the uh, the rear spoiler would raise up. The front air dam would move down. Uh, it was 300 or so horsepower. It, yeah. The active steering, I got to tell you, I don't think the active steering did a whole lot. Uh, but it was, it, was a, it was a pretty fascinating car. Um, and I would like to see Mitsubishi build some some more exciting cars you know they they uh they have some cars they have some cars that are pretty good now and they have you know then they have some economy cars like the mirage but it'd be nice to see something sporty come from mitsubishi and and recently just this year um nissan bought controlling interest in mitsubishi so it'd be interesting to see how that's going to affect the business the business itself so 
That's interesting because, you know, I there have always been like a non-starter here in the United States. I think a lot of their cars are built in Australia, as I remember. But I'm surprising. You know, they, they've hanged in there, but they really have not had any sort of penetration into the car marketplace. Yeah. That's what, what I can see. they got a couple of good dealers here locally. There's a very good dealer up in Walpole yep. who, who does some work. But I don't know why they haven't been able to make it. Yeah, in, it's, in it's, it's interesting because when Hyundai first started selling cars in the United States, all of their all of their engineering was all done by Mitsubishi. In fact, uh, almost every model in the in the first when when they had the little Hyundai Excel, and then that was re- and then they got the whatever it was, I, maybe the very first Sonata. Was, they were all Mitsubishi based, so they I were buying. Uh, so the Koreans were buying the technology from the the Japanese Mitsubishi company and Mitsubishi you think about how big Mitsubishi is with its um, you know with its electronics and its you know shipbuilding and shipping and all of that sort of stuff but yeah they, they've always been they've always been just sort of um, oh yeah oh the Mitsubishi makes cars sort of thing people kind of forget about yeah. them yeah yeah well, listen, happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving uh, to you as well, and we'll send you out this license plate frame, and, and I expect you to, uh, I expect you to, you know, drive, drive around town and, you know, step on the brakes a lot so everybody knows you're saying Merry Christmas to them. Will do. You want me to hold on? Yeah, hey, stay right there, and Dennis will get down your address so we can make it Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Mike. Right. Yep, bye-bye. So Dennis will take care of that. He's still figuring out how to use the phones. It's all new to him. So it isn't really new to him. He, He's a radio professional. Went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting and everything. Uh, double shot of Ram in 18? Well, that's what they're saying. Um, heads up, Chevy. Ram has a plan. It seems to knock the Silverado out of the number two spot in the full-size pickup segment and in 2018 and cut into sales of the mid-size Colorado at the same time. How? By continuing to build the uh, current generation Ram 1500, likely backed by an attractive discount, while ramping up a production of the redesigned Ram 1500. Uh, The new Ram, codenamed DT, debuts in January at the Detroit Auto Show. Production will begin the same month as the uh, remodeled uh, Sterling Heights assembly plant in suburban Detroit. FCA said last week uh, the move to Sterling Heights will expand the Ram 1500 capacity by 60,000 trucks annually over the current levels. In addition, uh, they revealed that the uh, they'll keep the current Ram 1500 codename DS in a single shift in nearby Warren Truck Assembly Plant. So, speaking of trucks, you know, there's um, you know Tesla came out with two big announcements the other day. One was a semi-autonomous uh, tractor trailer, which the story is you you stand up inside of it, which seems awkward to me, but and it has about a 500 mile range, so it doesn't have it has a pretty good range for a truck, I guess. So if you're going 500 miles, you know, it's the equivalent of about 10 hours worth of driving. We'll have to wait and see, you know, what it is. And they're claiming the thing is going to be, you know, really, really kind of a heavy-duty vehicle. And the other thing is they came out with their new sports car, which they claim is the fastest car on the planet, uh, zero to 60 times in less than two seconds. Uh, it is a um, – it's uh, it has – the number I saw yesterday was ridiculous, 7,500 foot-pounds of torque. Um, I, I, I have no idea what that is. That's just a ridiculous amount, a ridiculous amount of torque. So, uh, I get, I, and I'm willing to bet 
And I think it's the 18th and December 2nd. I saw it when I was getting coffee this morning. In Braintree, there's actually an electric car day. So they're doing some electric car demonstrations courtesy of the people at Bell, Braintree Electric Light. And I think it's it's either today or tomorrow and December 2nd. So if you're in the Braintree area, look it up. You'll probably find it on the Internet somewhere and see what they have for electric vehicles uh, taking place. Uh, Let's talk to Paul. Hi, Paul. Let's see. Dennis has got to turn the phones up. Dennis got to turn the phones up over there. There we go. go. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, I'm in Braintree, so I should take a look today. I wonder whether it's a town hall, probably that's... Uh, you know, I think it's at I think it's at a park, but I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I saw. It's funny. I saw a sign. I was I stopped to get coffee, and there was a sign stuck in the window, and I was going to take a picture of it, and I just never did. So. Dial tones. Sorry, Paul. Sorry, Paul. Please call back. <laughs> Dennis is figuring out how to use the phones or doing something with the phones. I don't know what he's doing. So, Paul, call back six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is the number. And something something happened with the phones. We don't know what it is. Now, now there's two people looking at the phones, so it's all new and exciting. Now, now it's three. Bobby Brooks is here too, and we'll uh, we'll talk about what's going on with the Irish Hip Parade in a little bit too. So. We'll see what happens. I see different things going on on the phones. It looks very confusing. Let's see. I think I think Dennis. I don't know. There's all kinds of confusion. We'll let them figure it out. We'll let the professionals figure it out while I just talk about the brand that never was. And that's a Mazda vehicle. Is Paul back? I think so. Paul, was that you? Yeah, it's me. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! There, there. You know, you know, Dennis. Dennis was my producer for several years, and you know, he hasn't been here for a while except to run some hockey stuff on the weekends. And um, you know, everything's different than he was since he was here last. Now he's not touching anything. He's afraid. But well, but, it, but, and, and truth be known, producers are you know the the the, the blood flow of all radio stations. They are. They never, they're never paid enough. This is very true. I I hundred percent agree. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, I, I I did it in another life. That's why um, I understand completely. You know, yeah. Get get all the blame and none of the credit. That's <laughs> right. So, That's right. That's what happens. You know, and, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. I didn't call about that, but the uh, um, I said I I thought I was the only one that had uh, problems with a front window defroster. And I have a friend who has uh, she has a new uh, Camry, uh, mm-hmm. two thousand seventeen, and the same thing. Um, is this something that they cut back on uh, for for front window defrosters? Uh, in my Mazda, it, if, unless I turn the uh, the AC on at the same time, um, it hardly clears the window. Mm. I mean, it, it's a real real pain. Mm. Uh, that and I, I, it's been since the car was new. I took it back, and you know they denied there was anything wrong. You know, it's yeah. Uh, but is this a common problem with a lot of new cars? Well, you know, it's the the problem I think has as much to do with you know, some of its design, but I think some of it has to do with today's cars are so tight, you know, that um you you're sort of rebreathing your own air so much even when it's on the fresh air setting, you're not recirculating. So you you have this weird temperature differential going on inside and having the def- having the air conditioner on you know, just uh, it opens up another duct, so you get more airflow, and that's all part of it. Is it is it just the uh, frost on the outside, or frost and fog on the no, inside, it, or 
It's on the inside. On the inside, yeah. Uh, sometimes it's both. Sometimes I have yep. to flip on the window, uh, yep. the, the wipers, yep. Yep. to get rid of it. So it, it works. Yeah, and that's, the, that's when you uh, – it's funny. I talked to – of all people, you know, I could have talked to a uh, – I shouldn't say this a, – a, a scientist. But I talked to a scientist who happened to be a weatherman. And I said to him, why is it that the inside of windows steam up? And he told me, he explained it was all about the temperature differential between the outside and the inside and the, and the cool air coming from the defroster. And then you have to, you have to add air conditioned air. And it, it got too much of a, too yeah, much too of a much science more. lesson. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's the cars, the cars are so tight today that part of the, part of the issue is that you're, you are just recirculating that air, even when it isn't. This morning, uh, you the, have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you're Thank satisfied, you. let's see. I don't know what that was either. So, right. but were you recording it? I don't think so. No, I. I, no. I oh, it came on when I when I first dialed back. It came on as a, a please leave a message. Oh, so so you might be on our new voicemail. I I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <Do> you <laughs> want a prize? <laughs> Not yet. So, uh, okay. but but yeah, it's a um, it's um, so this morning in the Mitsubishi, I was driving here and I got behind a. I got behind a, uh, a Toyota Camry that uh, that certainly wasn't running right. It was it was smelly. It was stinky. And I put it on. I put the the uh, air conditioning system on recirculate, and just to you know kill the smell from the car in front of me. And right, yeah. immediately all the windows fogged up. So you know, so that was that was one of the things that that happened. So, so I sometimes I'll open the uh, I keep it open a lot. Yeah, just a vent on the sunroof. Yep, uh, which uh, I. I I never, I never shut off the the ventilation yep. just to recirculate yep. the air. No, I I do the same thing because you know the other thing is you know you're recirculating that air over and over again and you know besides it getting our car hot and humid inside, it's also you know I, I don't want to I, I breathe enough of my own germs. <laughs> exactly. That's like being on an airplane. They yeah, say the same thing. Exactly. Happens. I, got, I got a question about the uh, the adventure that you had on with the license plate. Yep. The message can <laughs> that could have a lot of problems. Uh, could they? Could could it be designed to when you hit the brake it says do not tailgate? It could. It can, it can. It can actually. You can actually have it say whatever it wants, which is which is sort of in. And why? Why I asked? I actually when I was asking him about um, about sports teams, he's not licensed for like Patriots or anything like that yet. So so there's there's one of the problems that he hasn't quite worked out yet. But I one of the one of the things I I after you know after I. Did a little bit of research. One of the other ones that I said, well, you know, student driver would be nice too. So when you stepped on the brake, it said student driver. So you know, maybe people wouldn't tailgate as much. So same idea. Yeah, yeah. Not, is it? Can you reprogram this? Not, not yet. Not yet. So um, you can't reprogram it yet. But uh, he's working on that. But you can get new inserts for it. Um, and it's uh, the idea, the idea that, and I know exactly how he invented this thing where he used a, uh, you know, he used an old motorcycle alarm system to, uh, you know, come up with the basis for it where, you know, when you jiggled it, it would, it would run the siren this way. When you jiggled it, it, it uh, ran a bunch of LED lights. So yeah, no, pretty, you know, I, I like the way, I like the way, uh, engineers and, and inventors think they just have a little bit of a different take on life sometimes. I think we lost Paul. So, well, Dennis is learning still. You know, let's go. Let's talk to Anthony. Anthony, hi John. How are you? Good. Happy how are you? Happy Good Thanksgiving yourself. to you as well. 
Uh, I have uh, what's new to me, a 2010 Ford Explorer XLT. Okay. And it's been sitting in the driveway, and I noticed that it's collecting a lot of heavy condensation on the inside of the windshield. Mm -hmm. uh, you can run your, fi your finger down it, and it'll drip. Uh, I tried feeling around on the floor, on the rugs, and it just seems like the driver's side against the door seems to be a little wet, but mm -hmm. I, I, I can't tell. Any any uh, idea it, what I might be looking at? Does it have a sunroof? It does. It could be that the sunroof drain is not fully draining, okay, so it's not letting the sun. And what happens is, I bet if you open the driver's side door, you'll see a little tube kind of over near where the hinges are. And that little tube okay. um, may be, you know, that's the drain for the sunroof. So if you can get uh, low-volume air. So what I like to use is um, an aerosol can of air they use for, like, dusting off keyboards and computer boards and stuff like that yep. because it's not yep. high pressure. Open the sunroof up. Look for the drain holes. Stick the little straw down there and, you know, take a take a rag or something and try to get a fair amount of compressed air down through there it should it should blow out the drain and that may be if the drain is backing up it's going to end up water going to be leaking down the the windshield pillar and coming in the inside of the car so um so that's probably what it is it also could be a door seal or something something else along the line uh but i would start with the sunroof drain that's the most common area and right now about all you can do is wet vac it as much as you can and then maybe get a um you know one of those you, you know go to the dollar store or job lot or something and get a uh, the the little container of uh, it's got like salt crystals in it and it sucks the moisture out of the air Okay. Yeah, yep. and put that in the car for you know over overnight, and try to get as much water out of the condensation of the car, and that way you should you should solve the problem, and at least you get the moisture out of the car, and then you can try to figure out where it's coming from. Sure. But it's either sure. it's either probably a door seal, but more than likely it's not old enough to uh, say it's the uh, like a windshield the windshield pan leaking. That's pretty un unlikely. It's that. So it's probably it's probably the sunroof drain is clogged, or again it could be a door seal that's leaking. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll check it out. Thank All right. you so much for your All right. Help. Take care, Anthony. Bye-bye. Yep. Why, why don't we take another break, pay some bills? My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM nine fifty WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Well, I uh, I had I had some uh, gas savings tips, and it was it was sort of an interesting uh, conversation, and it was with Matt Hines from Buick. He's a development engineer, and Matt, my question to Matt was: Gas prices are going up. Do you have some tips for us on saving money on gas? You have a little money left over to buy more turkey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so 
Yeah, I work on the the new Buick Enclave, and um, so my whole focus for my job is to get the best fuel economy possible out of the vehicle. Um, and so one thing customers can do um, when they're driving is, is slow down a little bit. Um, you know, just reducing someone's speed from 80 miles per hour to 70 can save them uh, around four miles per gallon. Um, it's, it's amazing how much um, fuel they can save just by slowing down a little bit and not being in such a hurry. Um, you know, another thing a lot of people get into is, you know, from a stoplight, they want to take off really fast, and then they're they're hitting the brakes hard. So this this constant, you know, stop and go really fast. That that's certainly eating at eating away at their fuel economy. So you know, if you just start off a little slower and you know brake slower, leave more distance between you and the next car, save a significant amount of fuel. Um, and one feature our new Buick Enclave has that's available that can that can help customers with this is when they're in traffic, we've got adaptive cruise control that's available. And what that does, they can set their speed and it will actually maintain a distance between themselves and the car in front of them. And it helps, um, you know, maintain that distance and, and accelerate slower um, and stay with traffic. And it can certainly save fuel economy, especially for somebody that's got kind of a busy foot and that's constantly on and off the gas pedal. Um, and one thing we we certainly want customers to pay attention to is their tire their tire pressure. And the Enclave has a feature that that can tell the customers on their um, on their instrument panel what their tire pressure is. And so we want them to keep that at 35 psi. And also OnStar has has an app for for smart devices that that can tell them exactly what their tire pressures are. And so keeping those up, just just getting your tire pressure down 5 PSI can cost you 1% of fuel economy. It's a significant, significant hit. Um, the, other, the other thing I thought was really interesting that you had was, you know, this is, uh, this is New England. It's, uh, sports, it's sports teams. You know, there's, uh, you know, we have that football team, the Patriots. You've probably heard of them. Uh, and and you know a lot of people put those plastic flags on you know in their windows and that can actually have a pretty significant impact on fuel economy huh? It sure does yeah and putting those flags on people don't realize it actually creates more aerodynamic drag on the vehicle and that can reduce your driving range on a tank of fuel by around 10 miles per gallon it can be a, a significant hit so it's great to show your team spirit but you know, keep in mind that that you are impacting your fuel economy. So we've got these other tips to try to help you get some of that back. Um, yeah, and you brought up the thing about cruise control and you know, kind of using the football theme. You know, tailgating is fun, but you know, tailgating out on the highway doesn't doesn't improve fuel economy unless you're in a NASCAR race, and it and it's also very dangerous. So the smart cruise control helps maintain that safe distance, right? Yeah, it certainly does. So and it, it can even it's even um, works well and all the way in stop and go traffic. So it's something for the interstate, but also if you get into stop and go traffic, it'll come to a complete stop and 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 accelerate again, all the while maintaining that safe distance to the next vehicle. So it's a great feature and um, makes less 
less of a stressful drive for for the customer. Yeah, and one and one final thing, you know, everybody when they want to go, you know, visit the relatives or go to a sporting event, they tend to want to bring everything, you know, including or except the kitchen sink, I guess that could be a small fridge, a barbecue grill, you know, all kinds of extra stuff, and all that extra weight has a gas mileage penalty, right? It sure does. Yeah, the heavier the vehicle, the the more fuel it's going to take to move it. And we found in our testing that about every 250 pounds is going to cost around 2% of fuel economy. So, yeah, the, the less things you have to bring with you, the better fuel economy you're going to get, certainly. And if people want more information about this or Buick, the new Buick Enclave, where would they go to look? Yeah, Buick.com has information on on the new on the new enclave um so all the the specifications and, and pricing it's all there well matt thank you very much and have a happy and safe thanksgiving thank then, you you do the same appreciate it all right take care bye-bye yeah goodbye that was tips from matt hines from buick and i'll let you know i pre-recorded that one so uh but uh but he, he was uh, he had some he had some good tips. It's funny they tied it into tailgating. But let's uh, let's talk to John and Peabody. John, you still morning, there? You still you still there? I I thought I had to wake you up for a minute because you've been on hold for so long. So no, no, that's okay. Uh, John, uh, have you ever heard the expression? No university ever gave a degree in common sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you know, you know, so, like they say, common sense isn't always that common anymore. So, yeah. well, my twenty-five-year-old grandson got his degree in uh, University of Lowell. Now he leases his cars, and he just turned in his four-door Mazda. Okay. For, two, for a two thousand eighteen two-door Mini Cooper. Okay. Which is which is a great car to live in California or Florida, but New England, I don't know. What say you? Well, he needs to. He'll need to put snow tires on it, because even though it's a little front-wheel drive car and it, it, it's low to the ground, which is part of the problem. So if he get if he has to get out before they plow any real snow, if he's out in you know more than six inches of snow, it's not going to be great. And it's it's not really any different. I mean, we have a Volkswagen Beetle in our family. It's pretty low to the ground. But if you're going to get out early, you're going to need to put snow tires on it, both for starting and stopping purposes. So he might want to consider a good set of four winter tires on that for the little bit of extra traction, unless he's got one of those jobs where he doesn't have to come in if it snows. Uh, mm, still, I, I was still, even if he doesn't, I was still advised uh, yeah. the uh, snow tires, oh, definitely. Yeah. Because he, cause he, you, you know, they're going to go to work in yep. different places. Yeah. yeah. But other, oh. but other, other than that, they're, I mean, they're, they're okay little cars quality wise. They're probably in the middle of the pack. They're not as good as some. They're, they're, you know, his Mazda quality wise is probably a little bit better than the Mini Cooper is, but, you know, but, you know, is he leasing the Mini Cooper or is he, uh, uh, he's leasing, yeah. Yeah. So if he if he doesn't like it in a couple of years, he can turn it in and lease something else. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How do you you I know? And, so. and leasing, it's kind of funny now. Leasing is probably fifty percent of the market now because they've taken a lot of the mystery out of leasing. And there's some pretty good lease deals from you know. I saw a deal on a Jeep Grand Cherokee for under two hundred dollars a month. I think you needed a couple thousand dollars down. And one of my coworkers always wanted a BMW. And he has to drive for work. He's leasing a BMW for I think three hundred and fifty dollars a month. He's happy with it, and he's driving just enough to pay the payments and the extra insurance costs. And he's like, "Hey, you know, I'm not 
Uh, I'm not really, it's not really costing me anything. I finally got the BMW I always wanted before, you know, before I had to, you know, live long enough to retire to get one. So he, he got that and he, and he loves having it. So depending on, depending on, uh, you know, how it fits for you, leasing can be a good deal for people. I'm a little old fashioned. I tend to buy rather than lease, but that's just me. And I heard that they're giving college students a little break if they lease cars. Yeah. Oh, no. They're trying to. The idea is the more cars that get leased, the more cars get turned in in two or three years, which brings more cars to the used car market, which used cars are, you know, big profit makers for everybody. So. Oh, makes a lot of sense. All right, John. Have a nice uh, Thanksgiving. You you as well, John. Take care. Bye bye now. Pleasure pleasure talking to you. Bye bye. All right. Let's talk to Rick and then we'll take a break. Rick, is that you? Yeah, that's me, John. Yeah. Oh, you remember Dennis, right? Yep. And that, and I told him he, he had a. I hope he had a nice vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hey, uh, first, I got a question. But first, let me give you a suggestion. Um, years ago, I taught my kids a little thing we called skunk drill. Driving down the road, and we ran into something smelly. I yelled skunk drill. Open up the, the driver's window. Turn the, the blower on high, and the kids in the back would open up their windows. And in a, just a very short period of time, the smell in the, in the vehicle would be gone. Huh. Well, that, that, well, you know, you know, I, you know, you know, some people like the smell of a good, a good dead skunk, you know? I'm, yeah. 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 Not, many, that, not but, many, though. No. Uh, the question I had, I was watching TV the other night, and one of the car companies, I think it was Mazda, said that uh, they've been around for 100 years. Now, we have a pretty good idea about the American car companies. How long have some of the foreign car companies been around? Well, you know, they've been they've been around a long time in one form or another. Whether they were really building cars or they were just the or just the company name itself. I mean, you look at you know cars that go back, you know, a long ways like you know Toyota. You think of Toyota. Well, they've been around since the fifties, but they've actually been around longer than that. Uh, but I, you know, that, that to get specifics, I'm going to have to do a little homework and find out. But yeah, I mean, the comp, again, the companies themselves, have they been around as long as Ford and General Motors? I wouldn't be surprised. Were they actually building anything other than, you know, some sort of internal combustion wagon? Probably not. Well, being a military history now, I know Kawasaki and Mitsubishi, among others, yep. were building, um, aircraft during right. World War II. Right. Yeah. So. No. Even you know the there and you don't know what actually propelled them. There is an argument that the very first vehicle that was ever built was built in Roxbury, and it was a company called the Roper Company, and it was actually a steam-powered sort of three-wheeler sort of thing. And there is there there are some who lay claim that the Roper is the very first production vehicle or very first vehicle, and that was in the 1860s or something. So. But you know you 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 look back at you know you look back at you know some of the early drawings and you swear that uh, you know the, you know they were building helicopters in twelve hundred you know. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they had the concept, but uh, going from paper to uh, production yeah. and functioning yeah. is yeah. one thing, and then going from you know from you know being able to build it and actually have it work is another yeah. big step. Yeah, you know, like like I said to. Uh, like I said to our, our friend from Lumasine, you know, I'm not an I'm not an inventor, but over the years, I I will say I probably tried to make a few things, but I got a big pile of failures, and, oh, yeah. and a couple of things that actually may have worked, but not that many. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
getting it from your, your brain to uh, actually working is yeah, a yeah, that, you know that's that's what the long drive is for. Hey, Rick, we got to get yeah. going. Okay, Dan, okay, have a good one. All right, you too. Bye bye. Let's take a quick break. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM nine fifty WRL. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, on this uh, Thanksgiving week, I guess. This is really, really what it is. A lot of people have, uh, you know, Thursdays off. A lot of people have Fridays off. Not everybody has the day. Not everybody has Thanksgiving off. Police departments, fire departments, nurses, people that you, you know, you you look for when you're looking for some help. Uh, you have those. Uh, I want to thank the, uh, speaking of police departments, I want to thank the folks at the Dennis Police Department. They invited me down to do a little talk, uh, a senior driving talk at the Dennis PD yesterday. And uh, while I was there, I actually met a former police officer who actually teaches in our driving school down there. So we chit-chatted a little bit about there. And uh, we actually have two former Dennis Police Departments teaching at the driving school, which is which is kind of fun. So uh, it was good to see them. Um uh, the police officer who invited me down, I also um, uh, gave them their, they won a one an award uh, for uh, their work in traffic safety and safety in general with the a gold award. It's a national award that they won. So I gave it to them in front of the little audience we had there, which was kind of a nice thing. And um, then also one of their police officers won a traffic safety hero award. And he was, um, he actually is on the night shift now, so we don't see him quite as much. But uh, everybody says he's uh, he's a young guy, and everybody says he's a real good guy and does a really good job with everything he does. So uh, thank you to Pete DiMatteo, the chief down there, and Jim Sullivan, the deputy chief, for letting us come in and take over their, their little room and do a whole bunch of stuff. So it's always always good to do. So where will all these EVs recharge? We're talking about the electric vehicle event that's going to go on in Braintree. A reliable public charging infrastructure will be the key to fostering the growth of electric vehicles, even if those charges don't get used that much. The U.S. Alternative Fuel uh, Data Center, who... There's always there's a, there's something for everybody these days. Uh, most recent numbers show there's 16,457 EV charging stations with about 400 and – why don't they just say 45,000? 44,999 outlets. Can't they just lie about one more or almost 45,000 operating? Uh, mostly uh, those are, those are um, in the coast, so – the East Coast and the West Coast have the most amount of electric vehicles. And you would think more California because of the better weather. But we have a lot out here, too. Um, Tesla's network of superchargers uh, along major inner-city corridors and other super-fast charging stations, they're the ones who do more across the country sort of thing. Um, the presence and visibility of these uh, st- stations should help build confidence among its consumers. So you think about this new Tesla sports car that they claim 
is ridiculously fast, 0 to 60 in two seconds. Fastest car ever made is what they're saying. A ridiculous amount of torque, 7,500 foot-pounds of torque, and a range of something like 500 miles is what I read yesterday. So this is a car that truly competes with any gasoline uh, supercar. So it would be interesting to see where it's going to go and you know where it's going to end up. So will electric cars work? Um, yes, but if everybody starts to have them, then... You have to make sure the electricity infrastructure is going to work to to make it to make it so people can actually charge them up. Um, I have driven a couple of electric cars. The Kia Soul is one I, I really kind of liked. It. I thought it did a good job. The Nissan Leaf. Um, the Kia Soul I drove from. Um, I think I drove it from work up to Boston. I had to hunt around a little bit to find a charging station. I did find one in a college parking lot. wasn't being used. Which is a good thing. Most of them, except for the ones in front of like Boston City Hall, um, where the a lot of the cities now have gotten grants to buy electric cars, so their cars seem to be always charging up, taking up the charging stations I want to use. I kind of had that problem at work. Had that problem at work one day. One of our one of our security guys at work has a Prius Prime, so a plug-in electric Prius, and he was charging up, and the boss was charging up his Tesla. And I'm like, well, where am I going to charge up? I need a place to charge up. So as soon as I saw a spot get free, I went over there and slid my car in to charge it up. And then, of course, that was the boss came back looking for, hey, get out of my spot. So he's got a lot bigger battery, so he needs to charge up. But uh, it was it's sort of interesting how all this electric stuff works. You want to see if we can talk to uh, Johnny Costello? You think he's at that remote? Think he'll talk to us? Let's see. We can try. We can try. Let's see if Johnny, are you there? Johnny Costello, are you there anywhere? If you are, say hello to us. No, maybe not. Maybe we caught him in between. But we gotta, we gotta, we gotta test it out. We gotta test him out. Make sure he's doing okay over there. So, see what happens. He's busy. You know how he is. He's he's entertaining everybody at the bank. He's probably he's singing. He's singing and dancing over there. He's being. To being a crazy person over there, so which there's nothing wrong with that, you know. So, he's, but uh, let's see if we can get him to get him to call in, check the equipment out, uh, see what's to see what things are going on over at the credit union. That's always that's always a good time. So, you know, we were talking about with Rick about how things have changed over time, and he said, "How about how about the import companies?" and there's a innovation helps drive decades of domination. Ford has consistently added technology and features to breed loyalty. In 1951, a radically re, uh, revamped front end toughens the F, uh, F1's appearance. So that was, uh, you know, the, a new look for that in 1953. Um, Ford reworks the suspension to provide the ride and tighten up the turning radius of their trucks. In 54, a flathead V8 was retired after 22 years of production, replaced by a overhead valve uh, V8. So, you know, you keep changing and changing and changing. It's interesting someone went through all the work of documenting it to see how it all went. So um, technology is, is pretty interesting. Next week we will be talking to our friends from Michelin Tires about getting ready for winter. I hate to say it, and but the – importance of winter tires and i can't really stress it enough that um a lot of people 
especially people with sort of sporty-ish cars. Now, like Dennis with your Rogue, for instance, do you need winter tires on that? Not really. No. No, it performs well. Same thing with my all-wheel drive Hyundai Santa Fe. Even though it's older, it still performs pretty well in the winter. But if you want the best traction, you need a good winter tire because, um, and I've told this story before, I drove an Audi A6 that had conventional tires on it, and I drove it to about the end of my street and turned around and brought it back because it wasn't that the traction getting moving was that terrible. The traction stopping was horrible. I went to stop at the end of the street and slid about 30 feet. It just the tires didn't have any bite because of the hard rubber compound of the tires. They're just not designed for cold weather. They were They were essentially a summertime tire. Um, we were talking to a friend of ours uh, a week or so ago, and his wife said, what did you do to the car? It's terrible in the winter. Well, he didn't put the snow tires on yet, which can make a real difference. So a lot of things. Any word from Johnny Costello? We're going to check with him. Johnny, is are you there? I, I am indeed. Hey, look at you. I was listening to your broadcast. I don't want to take the crossover away from B3, Brilliant Bobby Brooks. but Brilliant Bobby was- Brooks. Yeah, your show sounds really good there, Johnny. Nice job today. I was listening to you all morning long. The well, car doctor found every week on AM 950, the spirit of Boston. Look at you. Look at you doing all my that. work for me. I love the car doctor. How about that? You lead right into the greatest program of all time, the Irish Hit Parade on 50 years on 950 AM. Johnny, you, is it? Does it? do we sound okay here? Everything sounds good. You sound great. I it's, look even better. Oh, of course, of course, of course you do, of course you do. And ask my friend Kristen. I look fantastic today. Wow. I got to want to get down here and get a couple of selfies. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're going to have to put all those on the WROL Irish 950 Facebook page. We want to see a lot of those. Yeah, and you know what? Carol and Pat are going to be livid. I've already given away all the T-shirts. No, sir. Just kidding. Listen, (laughs) come on down. We've got a great bunch of stuff. But but never mind that. Give us your clothes. Talk to B3. I'm here, 130 West Broadway in Southie, and uh, we're going to be here till noontime. So come on down to the City of Boston Credit Union. Dan Waltz, the uh, brand-new president of all the branches, is going to be joining me later on. And we're going to have all kind of crack going on. So, John Paul, thank you very much. All right. God sent to the station. All right. Thank you, sir. And then there's uh, Bobby Brooks right there. Yeah, we are ready yeah. to go. Yeah, good Good luck Good luck with you and Johnny. You know, that's. Uh, I think somebody needs to pour a little Jameson or something. Well, you want to know something? I, I told uh, Johnny, he was in studio a few weeks ago, so I was here, and I go, part of me working for the studio was that the two of us can never be together. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait for the Christmas party. That's all I know. <laughs> hey, i got to get going. The very best in Irish music coming up with brilliant Bobby Brooks. John the Rooster Costello, and the folks from the credit union. Till next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, don't eat too much turkey. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.